I'd like to start with a story, what's known as a Sufi story. <coughs> it's called The Journey. So just flow along with this here. Salam alaikum, Yasmin. I'm going to tell a story. Iftikhari relates. I was sitting in the circle of Sheikh Abbas Ansari one day when a youth came in and asked for help. I'm going on a journey, he said, and I would be grateful if you could give me introductions to the Sufis of Persia. The Sheikh inquired as to the young man's route. Then he said, I'm sorry, I cannot give you any introductions. The visitor went sorrowfully away. As soon as he had gone, the Sheikh started dictating letters to his representatives in Persia on the route named by the young man. I wanted to ask him the reason for this extraordinary behavior, but the etiquette or the adab of the situation prevented it. Several evenings later, when we were gathered together, after a contemplation session, Sheikh Abbas said to us all, if I had told that young man to visit certain of our friends and that he would be welcomed, he would have been unable to learn because I would have removed from his mind the determination to struggle without which he could not have benefited from the meetings. I would also have given him an increased expectation which would have been a barrier to his understanding. I said, but will he not think that he is unworthy and perhaps not attempt to make the journey? If he does that, it would be a sign that he is in any case lacking in the necessary resolution and he would not have succeeded in anything. I asked, but will he perhaps think of you as not interested in his welfare since you refused to help. And the Sheikh answered, if he can turn against me so easily, then he cannot in any case learn. He would be like a dog which has refused a bone and which would snap at what or whoever refused him without thinking why. I said, is it undesirable for someone to feel gratitude towards another for his help? Gratitude towards another has a limit. To rely too much on the help of another leads to despising oneself and ends in opposition towards the other person. That's one reason why some people oppose those whom they once admired. They owe them too much. So there's a lot in this story. What do you take away from it? Salam, Yasmin. Salam. 
So how do you understand the story? For, for me initially, Sheikh, um, what came up for me was um, uh, choices and um, by that I mean that if the sort of the Sheikh had made it somewhat, well, the easier or maybe made the introductions as, or answered his request, then he probably wouldn't have shown the intention or the initiative to to make the choices that he has done, uh, that he, that or what he was meant to do. So, um, as, com- so that was the first thing. And the, the second thing was about the sincerity too. Um, when that was, was asked of the Sheikh about why didn't he make it easy for, for him. And, uh, yeah, it was like a test. That's right. That was the initial thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. That and, you know, what we've talked about before about we have we have a great teacher within us and to rely on others takes us away from actually being able to be in touch with that. And so the the sheikh understood that and was trying to get this young man to rely more on the the uh, the wisdom within. Mm. Yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, yes, yeah. Uh, Good, okay. Uh, Before I go any further, were there any questions about stuff? Sufi stuff. Yes, Um, so, so with the helping, I mean, I understand that one should let another make their own decisions um, because that's also helping them to look within and also be independent versus being dependent on someone um, to, to make their own decisions. However, there are times in life when things are quite serious and you do need someone's help or someone to bounce things off. So would the sheikh, I mean, I guess this is a hypothetical question, um, would the sheikh in that instance have also denied him any help and said, go make up your own mind? Uh, Case specific. It would have to depend on the situation, the person, and the time and place. I can't answer that. However... I can go on to what I was going to talk about today, which is Adab in the Tariqa. And one of the very important things that Sheikh Tanner says about Adab is, quote, if you want to progress, find your own mistakes, not those of others. And I'm going to, I'll continue on with this and we'll talk about this stuff. So good question, Yasmin, but... Uh, what it talks about in this article that Sheikh Tanner wrote about Adab is that it's about balance. You can't go one way or the other. And the whole point of Adab is getting yourself out of the way and thinking of others before yourself so that you do not continually make yourself the center of the universe. 
the 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 point of Sufism is so that you can focus on your heart, not on self. So let me let me go on here. I'm going to uh, quote a hadith: "For none of you will be rectified, that is fixed, unless your hearts be made right, nor will your hearts be rectified unless your tongues be made right, nor will your tongues be rectified." until your actions are made right. And here, uh, Sheikh Tanner goes on to say, all Sufis should have good adab. Good adab starts with believing in Allah and doing things for Allah's sake. Pleasing Allah is what pleases Allah. And what pleases Allah is being good to other people, being considerate and respectful. How we act in the world in relation with other people and situations has a direct effect on our spiritual being. As Sufis, we try to be aligned with the law at all times. In this path, we have to balance the inner and the outer. As Sufis, being in balance outwardly means following adab. Adab is how to act in a given place, situation, and time following our prophet's example. The most important adab is perfecting your inner adab. You can perfect your inner adab by having positive thoughts, changing your intention. Your intention should be giving peace to people. Be pleasant with people, be positive with and to people. The outer part shows what you think and intend. Intend are your mouth, hands, eyes, feet, ears, senses, and organs. The most important one is your tongue. You must be careful of what you say. If you see something wrong with someone and you need to remind them, there are a few ways of doing this. For example, someone's food is not that good and they want to know if you like it. Oh, you don't say it's terrible. You say it's good. Perhaps maybe a little more salt and pepper would be good. Help by being part of, solu- of the solution, not the problem. Or if someone makes a mistake, don't tell them what a terrible job they're doing. Say, here's something that may work better. If you go to another tarika and they do things differently and they ask what, they, what you think, don't tell them you don't like what they're doing. It's not good. Say, our sheikh taught us this way, and this is how we know our path. No arguments about this. Listen to other ideas that could be handy sometime. Also, do not keep correcting someone. Learn to correct once in a good way. Be positive in attitude and give peace to people. Do not create fitna, trouble. In this world, even if you don't think it's so, Realize everyone is talking to you and try to learn something from everybody. Always check if you see someone doing something wrong or you see something wrong with someone, check to see if you're doing the same thing. Your main job is to correct yourself. Everybody tries to correct everybody else and other people will resist this, even you. So correct yourself. The inner you that you can be put into outer action are through your hands and feet. Don't steal, 
your hands should be helping. Remember to encourage good and discourage the evil or the bad, if you can, with your mouth, with your hands, and with your heart. Uh, I'll stop there. Uh, comments, questions? Does that make sense? Do, do you understand about adoption? Does that answer your question, Yasmin? Um, yes, of course it does, Shape. Thank you. Um, but but I always feel in an altruistic world, you know, it's it's perhaps a little bit easier to go on that journey. I mean, yes, one one can be um, self-critical, if you like, of one of what one does. But I think that too can go to an extreme where, you know, being correcting yourself, which sort of becomes a form of self-criticism, can be a very negative thing sometimes because you kind of put yourself down, you know. So there's a there needs to be a balance in that as well. I, I, I think generally speaking you know one can go oh well i'm no good you know i didn't do this right um bad person that's why this has happened to me um blah 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 you know so this so if, if we believe that our thoughts our words our actions actually affect the energy and the vibration within our bodies then these are not positive things to do. And I think sometimes one doesn't realise that you're doing that. And that's when I think someone needs to tell you, look, you're being really negative and give you a little bit of a slap around, you know, to wake you up. So anyway, I mean, yes, you know, one can do that to themselves, but that can precipitate the situation. And you just go, oh, my God, you know, that's it. I'm just hopeless, give up, you know. But some people have this innate ability to build themselves up and be very positive. I mean, it's almost like an egocentric thing, like, you know, I'm, I'm the greatest. So it's, it's sort of like two opposites. And some people are very fortunate to actually have a balance between the two, right? So, so I think there are so many, so many things within within that. I mean, I understand about the adaba. I understand about helping other people, you know. But at the end of the day, you know, I think it'll take me a few. Well, I can talk for myself a few lifetimes to become saint-like right and at this point of time i'm just a mere little human being trying to do my thing and trying to do it at the, the best way possible um and what one thinks and what is can be two different things you know and, and it's not always that easy to be truthful about oneself is there a question here? Yes. So how, you know, so so how does one go through this journey? You know, like how how 
you know, do you get out of it? I mean, like, you know, is there, um, I mean, I know they're the positivity prayers, um, you know, but that doesn't, anyway, yes. So how does one go through that? Okay. All right, by the way, Yasmin, have you met Robert? No, hi, Robert, how are you? Hi, uh, salam alaikum. Alaikum Briefly, well, I think I have a vague recollection of Sobet I attended maybe a few months ago when it was in person, or it might have been, might have been a year ago. Um, there was one in person with, uh, where I believe you were there. Um, I'm not mistaken. Anyways, um, nice to meet you again if we have, and if not, then I'm like, Ooh. okay. Yeah, Robert is uh, in San Francisco. Wow. Well, hopefully it's very sunny there, Robert. <laughs> As a matter of fact, the fog rolled in. It tends to be foggy, but it was sunny earlier. That's <laughs> summer in San Francisco. <laughs> like 50 very degrees. soggy here in Sydney, believe oh, me. It's very wet. <clears throat> to, to answer your question, Asman, I'm going to quote again what Sheikh Tanner says, which is, we're here to learn and observe. So I think of it as a kind of testing to see if you if your learning is working by when you do participate in with other people that you're making things better or that it's a, it's an improvement or that it you're fitting in without taking up too much space so the idea of having uh balance uh Zahir and Batin, the inner and outer, are in balance. And part of that is very often uh, taking time to observe what's going on. And by observation, we're talking about using all your senses to understand the situation, uh, its reality, its hakika, what's going on here, what's really going on here. Basically, as I've said before, uh, I don't think words are saying what the person is really saying. I think very often they're a subterfuge, a uh, a curtain. Uh, it's and, and part of what we're trying to do very often, there's several different kinds of relationships and kinds of communication. Um, for example, there's schmoozing, which I think is a, a Yiddish word, means we're just hanging out together and um, uh, bonding and making sure that we all feel safe and trusting and vulnerable enough to enjoy each other's company and what it is to be human beings together. Okay, now as regards family stuff, that's different because you need to observe what the old um, the old channels, the old scripts are so that you don't uh, participate in old scripts anymore, but you're identifying through observation what's this person really trying to get from me. And very often it's very old uh, chains and strings and puppetry kinds of things that have made things normal. And what looks normal may be 
abusive or toxic or or uh, uh, passive aggressive. There could be a lot of different things that have been built into family or other kinds of relationships. And it's important that you observe those as they are and not uh, throw petrol on any more fires, but to just take a step back and, and try and get the reality of what's happening. So different relationships and different kinds of communication will uh, incur adjustments in how you communicate and how you participate in that relationship, whatever it is. Okay, Sonny, something you wanted to say? No. Are you sure? No, I'm not saying anything. No. You're not going to talk about your family. Okay, good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so Alameen, comments? Um, yeah, I think it's sort of yeah, what came up for me this morning. I was interesting. It's in the same, I think it's in the same realm of what we're talking about is um, just noticed about that topic of getting to know oneself. So, and specifically uh, what I mean by that is that I think there's, without going into too specific, certain, certain situations I found myself in, fa in family situations where I've become uh, more re reactive and there's these same triggers that have been happening, um, less, less intensity, but still yet the same triggers. And so with that, there's a choice of, okay, reacting in the same way in the past, which hasn't really served me or, um, yeah, not reacting. And, and what I think I'm learning about that is, um, when I'm, when it's about me, <laughs> things go really weird. Um, so if I try and as much as possible take me out of the equation, then they don't become as, as weird as originally they were. But for me to get to that place, it needs, I have to be a bit clear of who I am, if that makes sense. Certainly. So these triggers, uh, th I think this is one of those things that we, we have to pass through on our journey to a law is to ask very often, let's say I feel anxiety or stress or worried or guilt <clears throat> in a, that kind of situation. Then a question might be, what would please a law? Mm. But first of all, the first thing is to be is to observe back to observation again the triggers because you can't you can't go out and change something until you see them in play. Mm -hmm. and, and I think the other thing I would say with that too, shake is just a more of a noticing that things change. Things obviously do change, but when you're in. I think NAFS mode or reaction mode, 
you think that things are just going to be, that's the way things are. Um, but even though you may be triggered, but if you can sort of hang out for a little while in that non-reactive space, then the energy sort of changes. I, I think you first have to witness your reaction and your emotions. If you're in a reactive state or you're feeling stress or anxiety, then you need to, to see it for what it is and, and say to yourself, I am feeling anxiety. I'm feeling stressed. Then the well, question, next question is why? What's happened? What's the truth here? What is, what's the hakika? What's the reality? Why do I feel this way? That requires stepping back and observing the dynamics of what's going on. And through that, and like I say, very often people who, that we, we are saying with our words about 10% of what we're really, of what's really going on. Our job as Sufis is to ask ourselves, what's the reality here? What is this person really saying? <laughs> and I think the majority of what people are saying is, I want to be loved, I want to be respected, I want to be seen, I want to be heard. It's all about me. I want, I want recognition. I want, I don't, and if I don't get that, I'm just going to loop and just keep doing the same number again until somebody goes, mm. oh, I see you. And then I feel like, oh, thank God, somebody sees me. Somebody loves me for who I am, not for what I'm supposed to be or what I haven't done, you know? Is that? Yeah. 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 So what do you think, Robert? Um, a thought that I had while um, uh, we were talking about this was, um, I, you know, I also can be very reactive, more, you know, uh, like when I get annoyed. Um, and you said something, Shake, about, you said, you know, what would Allah be happy with? And a lot of times in that moment, and when the emotion is really intense, that's like the, like so far away. Like I, I've even found my, at least I think I've, you know, tried to ask a similar question in the past. And it's just like, I can't even, my brain can't even go there. Yeah. Um, but what also occurred to me was that a hundred percent of the time, just about when I'm in, in that state, every now and then, you know, like by miracle, this doesn't happen. But most of the time, I feel like I don't have any other options. Like, I, like the way that I'm reacting, now I have to do this next thing, right? It's almost like the, the script concept that you're talking about. Um, and it occurred to me that I do, I have tons of options. I actually, you know, like, say, hey, you know what, I need to take a breather, I need to, to cool off right now. Let's, you know, give me a few minutes. Um, I could do that or, you know, I have, I have so many, so many things that I could actually do. And just I was de definitely talking about my, myself in this context, but um, 
I think I think one thing I'm going to try is coming up with um, some alternatives, like maybe three, just a small set of things that I can try out when I get when things get really heated. It's like you know, um, I, ha I have this in my back pocket rather than I, I can't even focus. I can concentrate anymore because I'm so so annoyed or so uh, angry, and and now I'm just in the sort of like meltdown mode or whatever. I think that's a great idea having strategies uh, built that's, in yeah. ahead of time. That's brilliant. Uh, and it's a good thing to do. I totally agree. And in a lot of situations, it's important to, to have those ready to pull out. Um, for example, I, I'm still re I'm recalling a certain incident where I had told myself, if I get angry, I get stupid. So you better keep your mouth shut and just do what needs to be done and keep breathing because eventually it will pass. And a situation came up that I was extremely angry about. And I knew because I had kind of had this conversation with myself before self, if you say anything, you're going to say something stupid and you're going to regret it. So keep your mouth shut, which worked, and and just kept breathing, as kind of like realizing that um, the adrenaline that was like pounding through my body, if I oxygenated enough, it'll eventually burn away. It took so long; it took like three minutes. And in that time, I'm going, oh, I could, oh, man. But breathing it through, burning away the hormone and just being quiet because I prepped myself knowing I'm, I'm, I'm an idiot when I'm angry. And, and I'll just say really bad stuff saved me from, from like making it worse which it could have certainly been. So having having strategies that you know about yourself and developing them in a in a coherent and creative and positive way, I think is very important and helpful and is part of your tool chest of being learning how to navigate in this world with nefs within us and around us. It's a sea of nefs. <laughs> and the trick is to navigate with Allah. And that means being in touch with your heart. And to get to the heart is through sincerity and through wanting to serve Allah. So, Adab, uh, Sheikh, and this is a quote from Sheikh Tanner, Adab is the rudder of your spiritual voyage. If you take away Adab, your little boat's going to get flooded and you're going to capsize. Then you have to start all over again. Comments, questions? Sonny, anything you want to say? No, I'm just listening. I'm getting back to track. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. So, now, 
the idea of what, what the problem that I see right now is we're not in contact physically with each other. And so I, and the idea of Tarika is that we meet together and we do, uh, we practice our adab with each other. And part of the thing about adab is um, we all come with all kinds of dysfunctional families and friends that, and we've learned how to um, uh, work with that. With a spiritual family like Tarika, it's a place to start over fresh and and to try to do things better and to leave the old family habits behind and do things better. So um, the idea of correcting ourselves rather than others is part of this. So uh, your main job, I'm going to quote again from Sheikh Tanner, your main job is to correct yourself. Everybody tries to correct everybody else and people will resist this. So make zikr as much as you can, especially when you're in trouble, and uh, say Hakim, Ya Alim, uh, with your heart say Allah, please change this situation. Please help them or me learn from this. Your intention has to be for the consideration of other people. You're not going to make yourself number one. Whatever culture you visit, you must know the social graces and laws. You're going to be just, and you're going to observe Allah's rights and wrongs, and you're always going to try to make Allah more pleased. If you carry this intention within yourself and act with it, then you are following the dervish path. Okay? This is hard. This is why a lot of people don't pick this up, because this requires you to be observant and to see when you've made a mistake, accept it and correct it. We are human beings. Allah made us to make mistakes. That's how we as human beings learn. If we don't learn from our mistakes, then we will do them again and that's stupid. So the idea is learn your mistake, practice it so that you don't make the same mistake and apply it so that you make things better. <clears throat> I had uh, two piano students uh, this week and I was trying to explain to them, you know, one, you know, they're two brothers. And the older one made a mistake. I said, not a problem. That's a mistake. And now let's do something about it. Um, you don't start over again. You work on the place where you have made the mistake. You analyze first, why did I make this mistake? It doesn't help to just do it again. If you don't analyze the, why you made the mistake, you're going to do it again. So this is, okay, stop. Let's look at this little bit here. Your finger went in the wrong note. Okay, not a problem. Let's find a strategy to correct that and then over practice it and then put it back into the piece and should be okay. That's how you practice. 
and make things better. Accept the mistake, analyze the mistake, work on it so that you don't do it again. It's simple. It's music. All right. Comments, questions? Does that help, Yasmin? Sorry. Um, yeah? Yes, yes, everything helps shape. Thank you. <laughs> okay. So uh, I think one there is a nefs, I think, of I'm so stupid, I'm an idiot, I, I make too many mistakes. That's nefs. That's not that that's that's uh, that's thinking that you're you're that important. You're not that important. What's important is that you learn from your mistakes and just keep moving on. Getting getting upset about it and getting getting worried or ang anxious about it is not helpful. That's a waste of energy. Get to work. Work it out, move on. Yes? Yes. That's uh, a basis for life, I think. Figure out what you're doing wrong, practice it so that you don't, so that you get it right, and then apply it. Put it put it into your life, creates balance. Okay, so many sheikhs say that the dervish path is all adab. Remember that your goal is to serve Allah through serving your sheikh and others. It is essential to follow the Sharia as given in the Quran, and the basic principles are the same as the Ten Commandments. The principles of the adab are that you go to the teke not to show yourself off but to practice and learn and the best way to learn is by listening and observing that's my message for today observe learn learn yourself learn your nafs because when you know what your nafs are then you know what your nafs aren't and when it comes from somebody else and to identify well those are your nafs and these are my nafs it doesn't mean that you tell another person what their nafs are you observe it and go okay what can i learn from this this is uh, okay if it's abuse or something you see somebody being abusive you go i don't want to be that that's in other words everybody that you <coughs> meet is your teacher they have something to show you, to teach you. It can be for learning a new way to approach problems, or it can be going, I don't want to be like that. So that's it for today. You have something you want to say? Go now. read uh, Sufi stories and uh, uh, learn from them as well. They're good, good sources. They're like bread. They are good for you. They 
have lots of nutrients in them that you can learn from and be able to apply when you're in a situation. Okay? Thanks, Shaikh. Thanks, Thank everyone. You. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Salam alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Bye bye. Salam alaikum, Marids, seekers, curious, and interested listeners. We appreciate you and are happy to share our Sufi message. Your donation will help support our Sufi Center in Sydney, where we do zikr, sobat, spiritual counseling, and healing services. We believe the message should be free, but it costs equipment, rental, services, software, and hardware to get this to you. So thank you for choosing our podcast among all the millions available. If you go to our website, AnsariSufiOrder.org, you will be able to donate through PayPal whatever you think this information is worth to you. Blessings and love, the Australian Ansari Sufi Order.